Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson and I'm here with my daughter Brittany today. Say hi Brittany. Hello. <laughs> we are here to record the second um, in the series that we're doing, sharing the story of Isaac. Isaac is um, our first grandson and uh, Brittany and Jacob's first uh, son, child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he was born sleeping six years ago. And in our last podcast, we talked about um, just about when we found out that we lost him and just sort of the events surrounding that. And so if you haven't listened to that, we encourage you to go back and do that because it really is encouraging. And it's not encouraging because of us. It's encouraging because of all that God did in the midst of it. Um, yes. And it's not encouraging only if you've lost a child or know someone who has, but really it's all about God's unfailing love and his mercy and his faithfulness. And it's a story of redemption. And I believe a testimony that really we're just both hoping and praying will kick fear to the curb. We mm-hmm. were just talking about this, how that's yeah. really the point of of the story and why we're telling it is we want you to understand um, that we do not have to walk in fear. You know, we are children of God, and He rules the universe, and He's sovereign over everything. Mm -hmm. Just that, yeah, the fear is real, but God is much bigger. Yes, and much more real. Yes, He is. (laughs) Um, So this story is a story of redemption, and our hope in doing these podcasts, um, again, is that we can really kick that uh, fear to the curb and really just deal it as serious blow. So before we get started, I want to remind you to go ahead and leave a review. If you can, from where you're listening, that would be really helpful. What happens is other moms will see it more. That's the way the system works, unfortunately. Um, The more reviews you leave, the more they'll they'll put it in front of other moms who might be interested. So the point of it all is not to have this huge audience. The point of it all is to reach every mom that God wants to reach through Mm -hmm. it. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. We just want to bring encouragement. So if you would do that, that would be great. If you haven't checked out my book, uh, it's a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling called The Unhurried Homeschooler. That is at Amazon. I also wrote a devotional for moms called Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. And uh, one thing I love about the Word of God is it applies to every area of our life. And what I do in this devotional is take passages and talk about how they apply to motherhood and how they apply to homeschooling. Um, because it's there, you guys. God has answers all we need in His Word, and He and He reveals it to us by His Spirit. And um, so it's a great opportunity if you've kind of like I've done so many times fallen off the wagon and you know haven't been reading your Bible it's a great way to get back into the word and that is also available on Amazon so where we left off in our last podcast was uh, the point at which you were back home and you were beginning this grieving process of um, what does this look like um, and I guess if there's one thing we learned, it looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm, but yeah. there are certain things that are kind of similar, I think, that we mm-hmm. all go through. And I think a lot of people can relate to the same things, mm-hmm. and even if we handle them differently. Right, right. Or if they came packaged a little bit differently. Right. Speaking of packaging, I remember uh, our really good friend Brandy said this thing to me in the midst of it all. And she said, I just keep feeling like God is saying this is a really beautiful gift, 
wrapped in a really ugly package. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me because how many things in life are like that? (laughs) Like the first, at first glance, you know, we're looking at this going, oh my goodness, this is a big fat mess, you know? I mean, whether it's, you know, we're in the middle of our day and yeah. two out of our three kids are crying because they don't want to take a nap. Oh, <laughs> Does yeah. that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just had that happen about five minutes ago. Yeah, not at all <laughs> relatable. <laughs> <laughs> but it's those things. So it's, I, I think it's true with the big things. It's also true with the small things, those interruptions quote right. unquote your throughout knee-jerk the day. reaction is to go oh no no thank you yeah and it's, but it, it is a blessing yes this <laughs> sick barfing kid with a fever uh-huh. is you know this this is not a blessing but god is a god of blessing and he can use those situations and if nothing else to sanctify you absolutely <laughs> we're not saying it's going to be pretty but we are saying he's good mm-hmm, and he i think is. that's something we repetitively we said to each other back and forth through this whole grieving process right it was great it was sort of just like this thing we just call out to each other regularly that this is really hard but this doesn't change god's goodness mm-hmm. this is he, not change good god's goodness all at the all. time that mm-hmm. is something you kept saying and um and it was a great reminder to me that it, no matter what we walk through he is always good that is who he is that doesn't mm-hmm. change right and it didn't make and it doesn't make sense in the moment maybe but having faith is believing that it is leading somewhere good right. he has a purpose in it right. this is not pointless pain exactly exactly and the great believers in the past over the years that's what separated them out is the fact that they would believe when they couldn't see mm-hmm. you know talks about that and it's a choice Hebrews. yeah and that's the hardest part is when it comes down to it, you you have to choose right. to believe that this is he's not that he's not punishing you right that he has your good in mind your ultimate good in mind mm-hmm. and he has a purpose in this um just really uh, in humility sort of acknowledging that he is so much bigger than right. us right that he is god and we are not in mm-hmm. no time do you feel that more than when you've lost someone and especially yeah. when you've lost a child who is a part of you you know yeah and yeah, that was sure. a and losing your firstborn, I, I'm sure, is probably in some ways different than losing uh, one when you've al- when you've already had one. There's there's different struggles. Little, yeah, the struggles are different. I mean, I can't imagine. I can imagine like you would. It's it would be very hard to have siblings walking alongside with you, and you have to kind of help them right. with grieving. But in this case, that that wasn't the case in this situation. It was, but. It was a little harder in that there was nobody at home to nurture. Right. Um, and, you know, anybody who's had a baby knows all the hormones hit right. afterwards. They're and, still there. And, and not having a baby to nurture was probably the hardest thing mm-hmm. to deal with and not knowing what to do with all that. Right. So what was, can you think back, was there anything specific that helped with that? Um I will say the biggest thing that helped was my sweet sister-in-law, who is like my best friend and kind of mommy battle buddy in Mm -hmm. a way. She did the perfect thing. She let me love on her her baby. Her baby was like a year old. Yeah, um, she turned a year right on the day that we lost Isaac. Right, her birthday is the day before his birthday. Right, right. And uh, and she's just, she's my therapy baby. She's she's seven now, but she was my therapy baby, and she's just, she's kind of my girl. Thank God I (laughs) left 
uh, towards the end of her birthday party to be with you. They did. They uh, immediately were like, we have to go. Right. This, <laughs> this is such a perfect example of being the body of Christ to each other. And we felt that so strongly through the, mm-hmm. through all of this. Now, I lived six hours away, so I she didn't have immediate access to me. You would call me sometimes, uh-huh. and I, yeah. I do remember every time the phone rang, I didn't know what was going to be on the other end. Yeah. You know, sometimes she was doing fine, surprisingly fine, and then other times she was not doing fine. And I just needed to, I needed to go with it, whatever. It was just availability. I needed to be available, yeah. And that meant, you know, obviously... I just had to drop what I was doing and totally willing to do it. But my emotions, it was, um, that part was a little hard for me. You yeah, know, just, I can imagine. But, but yeah. good. I mean, it was still good because I felt so privileged to be able to walk through it with you, that you would call me. And it was a talk. blessing for me because when you're grieving like that, it can be very hard to make yourself do the healthy thing. Right. And call someone to talk to and go, right. I'm, I'm not doing well right now. I need to... I need to be proactive about this or this is going to swallow me up. Right. And what's interesting, you guys might not know this unless you, we mentioned this in the last podcast or you happen to know Brittany from other podcasts or because <laughs> I've mentioned it, she is an introvert. So it's more tempting for an introvert to do that, to yeah. not pick to up the sort phone. sort of be sequestered and hide out a little bit more. The turtle thing. Isn't that what we yeah. used to call it? <laughs> and it is, there's a good part of it in that you're just, you need, you don't need, you need zero stimulation to right. really process things right. the right way. But at the same time, you need to know when you're, when you should be reaching right. out right. to other people. Exactly. And my sister-in-law was also really helpful in that, in that she, she just kind of figured out what I needed was a baby to hold right. because it was really hard during that time because it was almost like everyone thought a baby would remind me of the pain. So they like kind of didn't your offer, baby away. Kind of kept their babies away. Uh-huh. Like they didn't want to, but it almost hurt more right. because it was almost like you're now you're taking that or something. Away. Yes. It was just, it, and sense. so, and she did the opposite. She mm. was just like, and it, and it was great because I could, I would babysit her. It gave me a chance to serve. Mm-hmm. I will say that mm-hmm. is huge. And there's many, many stories all throughout history of men and women who were just in horrible situations, um, deeply hurt, abused, and their way out of it was interesting. It was to serve and give of themselves mm-hmm. and be like Christ in their serving, and that helped them handle and walk through their pain right and, and helped facilitate healing right right, right. And so along those lines i knew i had to kind of try to do mm-hmm. some similar things mm-hmm. so that's where you know pumping for another baby came in right which blessed me immensely and then you know babysitting my niece and helping out with church nursery mm-hmm. just anywhere i felt like i could serve but was still giving myself some space to right. grieve and cry as right. i needed to right. was just really helpful yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know you did a lot of journaling. Um, you had a journal that was specifically for grieving, wasn't it? Didn't I did. Watch it, I had, um, it was a book, actually. Okay. It was a book, but it was more of a workbook with insightful questions at the end. Um, Do you remember and, what it was called? Uh, well, she'll remember it, and we'll, we'll put we'll it in the podcast. It. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find it later. And link We're going to just like weasel our way, our yeah. way right out of that one so, since we can't remember the title. But I do remember going through Ann Voskamp's A Thousand Gifts, yes. and that Excellent. was actually a lifeline for me mm-hmm. because um, early, early on, it was like God was saying, you know what? You're going to have to make the choice to do the hard thing and be grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And basically it was like, I just daily run into these walls where it was like, okay, 
I'm either going to, this is going to just crumble me or I'm going to be grateful for the small things, whether it's a cup of coffee or the fact that I still have my husband right here, you know, mm-hmm. next to mm-hmm. me and and my the rest of my loved ones are okay and they're available and just all the little things I could find and going through that book and counting a thousand gifts was just huge. Right. And I just continued to do that throughout really the first year or two right. afterwards. Right. That makes was, perfect sense. It was great. So I have actually, I journaled through that process of uh, losing Isaac because I happened to start blogging just before oh, you were right. going to have him. Yeah. God knew what I needed and I was able to um, share that story. So those um, are actually on on my website if anybody wants to go and read through them when I was actually writing them in the raw, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that it, it kind of goes into some more details about the story. But one thing in one of them, and I'll, I'll put these in these in the podcast notes for this podcast, are just some ideas of things that you can do to help someone who is grieving um, the loss of a child. I'm not going to go through them right now because we want to get into the rest of the podcast, which is talking yeah. about the subsequent pregnancies and the struggles that came with those. So I will put those in the podcast notes. Um, so if you want to see those, you can go and look at them. Um, I think one thing we do need to point out is to remember that um, as uh, you know, as a mom is grieving something like this, um, not to... Uh, we, we talk about getting pregnant again. Uh-huh. And, and everyone's how, very different in how they handle that. Yeah. Some people are very not ready. They just need space and time. I can understand that. I was more along the lines of, I just needed a, a baby in my arms. I really just felt that. And work in, you know, took a few months to work through it and pray through it. But both my husband and I were feeling very strongly that we wanted to try right away and have right. another baby. Right. Right, so by yeah. January, so she lost Isaac in the beginning of October, mm-hmm. and by January, you announced yeah. that you were pregnant. We had a f- yeah, we had a couple months of just, it was it was hard to, because it's, you know, winter, it's holidays, it was just... Right. Yeah, really, it felt like we were just kind of trying to get through the holidays. Right. And that was a very unfamiliar feeling to me. Mm-hmm. I had never felt that way. I am all like, yes, have family <laughs> over. It's Christmas. I want to do all the things. And that year was just so different. Um, it was just, I kind of can't wait till it's over so that I'm not being reminded that my son isn't here right, right now. Right. And all those little Christmas outfits and stuff that we had stored away are not going to be used this year. And just, Mm -hmm. and so, and really God provided the perfect thing. There was a big family get together at his grandparents' house. um, At your husband, at Jacob's? Yes, at my husband's family's, um, his grandparents' house in Port Angeles. And it was, it was a huge blessing because that was a totally, not a normal thing we would do, but we're like, yeah, we're going to go spend Christmas with everyone. And it was good because we got out of the house. We got away from, all the familiar things where all of this had transpired. Right. And then we we just, it was good. It was a good, and again, my niece and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were there. And just everyone was there. And it was it was good. It was really the perfect answer mm-hmm. to kind of our prayers of, okay, God, how are we going to get through this? Right. And right. Yeah, and it was good. So when you found out you were pregnant, tell me how you felt. Well, it was... Um, it was really excited. I definitely broke down in tears. I was, I wasn't, I didn't realize I'd get, I would, we would be expecting so quickly afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. 
I thought, oh, maybe this will take a while. Um, and then we found out and it was just like, wow, okay, we were super excited, but also just really, really fragile. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. just if anything was off, it just, I wasn't sure what I could handle. Right, And right. this feeling of, 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 okay, you know, in an early pregnancy to you're sure if, you know, you will miscarry or not. You just try to get through those first few months. And it was, that was really dicey. It was just like every single day I was just, Lord, please help me to keep this baby because I honestly don't know if I could handle a miscarriage on top of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I know I can handle it, but I I don't know how I would do. Right, and so right. it's just incredibly raw. Praying, still. and so we kind of just waited. But we also were really ready to have some good news to tell people, and it was it was helpful for us. So we did tell our immediately immediate family very soon afterwards because we just wanted you guys to know and everyone to be praying that we could keep this baby. Um, so, and you yeah. found out the due date, which yes. was, okay, are you ready for this? It, his due date was the exact same day as Isaac. He was due um, September 25th, same day as Isaac. And when they told me that, it, like, it was like a, what, 10, 12-week checkup, I was kind of like, come again? <laughs> like, <laughs> Did you say September 25th? And she, they were like, yeah, September uh, and I told the technician, and she was just like, wow, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have chills. I was like, but also in the back it's, of my mind, I'm like, It's terrifying. Okay, okay, you know. It's exciting. I'm more attached, and I guess I'm saying through all this, I had to let myself get attached to mm. this new pregnancy, to mm-hmm. this new child, and allow myself to be excited. Right. Not just terrified. Right, right. <laughs> that I was walking it all because I was like, it's going to be the same time of year. It's going to look the it's same It's like you're going to have to re... It's I like reliving the pregnancy like, all over All over again. again. And I was like, it's all going to be the same. Is the end going to be the and same? And it's like, <laughs> okay. For, yeah, for me, I'm more of a, you know, what did we do in the past and how do we change that? And in this case, so that was a huge faith leap. It was like, okay, God, okay. Everything's going to kind of play out the same way and that, you know, I'll be... Morning sickness, the same right. time. Same clothes. Find out same the genders. Seasons. I was like, yeah. all right, just sort of strapping yourself in and just allowing yourself, though, to to pray for this child, be attached to this child, and just I be excited. I can't imagine how to do that in yourself. I mean, like in right. your own strength or in your own nature. You or, can't. I, you can't. It was just every day, Lord. Help me not to just be waiting this whole time, but mm. to be praying for this child with engaging, the same passion. Basically. Engaged, basically. You just have to force yourself to be grateful and engaged. And that would be very fragile. I'm thinking that's for you, that was what God had as the healing process. He knew what you needed, and that's what you mm-hmm. needed. Yeah. Um, huge challenge, though. Huge challenge. <laughs> um so let's stop here for just a second and talk just a teeny bit about PTSD. We're not going to talk a lot about it in this podcast. I think we really are going to bring it into the the last one, which is the next one where right. we share right. Will's birth, which just happened this last year. You guys really <laughs> hold on to your hats. You're not going to believe this story, but we're not going to tell you now. We're going to make you wait for the third podcast, the next one. But PTSD. 
Um, so what symptoms would you say that you could give a name to, like, just during this pregnancy? Okay, yeah, I have to think back, too, because, yeah, we've had... Because you've learned a lot about PTSD, yeah. especially in the last year, mm -hmm. year and a half. And really? so kind yeah. of being able to look back and saying, oh, well... Well, yeah. I remember you telling me that you had this... You would literally have an like an anxiety attack it when started, Jacob would leave. Yeah, it the started house. really in like the first months after Isaac's passing. Um, my husband worked literally like a two minute drive from our house. He worked at a nearby bank at that point, and um, when he had to go back to work, I just found myself having kind of a panic attack. Mm -hmm. Or even before he went back to work, he would run to the grocery store and to go grab something and. You know, I had been crying. I didn't feel like going anywhere. So he'd run and go get something. Um, and he and while he was gone, I would just, I, my chest would be tight. I would kind of have to, like, remind myself to breathe. And I would be afraid that something was going to happen to him mm -hmm. in the two-minute drive it took to get to Safeway. Right, right. And I was, it's just that I felt like I wanted to wrap my entire family and everyone I cared about in bubble wrap, right. stick them on an island somewhere where nobody could touch them. <laughs> and I felt really a lot about that way about my husband because he, you know, you oh think the next closest person He's, is my husband. He was right. I mean, he was the man. I mean, and, he and, was right there with you. He's walked this right. with you. And when you've lost somebody, and when you've lost a child too, you're just, it's the next person who's just as close to you as your right. husband. And you're like, I can't handle if something happens to him. And I would have him text me when he got to the grocery store. <laughs> Are you okay? And at that point we didn't have texting. So it was costing us a little bit, but he understood and he did it anyway. And it was like, kudos to him. <laughs> he has always been so amazing um, when it comes to just yeah. doing what you need. It took you know? a while, though. For It took a few months before that went away of just, yeah. Yeah. okay, he's okay. And eventually I would just be like, my sister-in-law lived in the same complex, so I would go hang out with her, and it would kind of keep my mind off things right. and help me get through those days. You get through it, and then eventually it starts to become a little easier. Right. But, yeah, there's this weird anxiety stuff yeah. that happens. It's, and it, I think it hits everybody a little bit differently, and I'm sure there were other things along the way. But mm -hmm. PTSD is a real thing. Yeah. And I, I'm excited for you to explain what you've learned about it in the next podcast because I think yeah. just having an understanding of it is... is it can look different. It's like It grief. can look different, can look but different understanding it more about what's going on with the brain because we can really start to feel like we're losing our minds. Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and really there's just some misfiring going on and we're, we're going to talk about that and God can heal it. That's cool And also thing. just how it ties into Christianity yes. to being a follower yes. of God. Yes, exactly. Because you can listen to stuff on PTSD from people who don't know him. It's a completely <laughs> different scenario. It really is. Like, yeah, it's, it it's really night is. and day different. So I'm anyway. super excited about talking about that. Okay. Yes. So... Uh, anything that you kept going back to that something that consistently grounded you I know you said journaling you yeah. said really it um, was gratitude and mm -hmm. just this challenge of what am I going to be thankful for and right now am I going to choose to be grateful or am I going to you know choose to just sort of sit in this dark and sometimes I I did I some I didn't always you know win that battle um but as I as it time kind of went on, it got a little bit easier to choose and it to just be grateful for what I did have. And I think it's so important right here to interject and just remember that God knows that we're dust. Like He mm -hmm. understands when we're walking through dark things, and we don't have to make 
the perfect choice every right. time for him to bring healing. He is a God of mercy. And right. Grace. And that was the big thing too, is it wasn't like he was saying, pull up your bootstraps and be grateful. It was a, I'm going to come alongside you and sort of show you the direction that you need to take with this so that you can survive, so that you can thrive, mm-hmm. so you can walk through this without becoming a crazy person, essentially. Right, because, right, right. I mean, really, in all reality, when when Christ is not involved, when God isn't in there and you have this deep grief, I completely understand now why some people just kind of go off the way they do mm-hmm. because... It is crazy hard, right? And it is a—it's a deep spot with deep pain that really only God can fill. That's right. And when He's not there, it's just like an open wound, right? And right. it was like He just kept coming alongside, going, "Okay, here it is. You know, it's in front of you. You have to make a choice. And this is hard, but you know, right?" And I always feel I, like the precursor to that was you being very real with Him. And telling him how you felt. Right. Like you didn't hold back I and, knew. And, and try to be all holy yeah, through the no, whole thing. because I was like, he can handle my <laughs> he questions. He can shoulder it. Like, he is God. I mean, he can handle me yelling at him and being extremely angry at times. Right. And and honestly, just not feeling like reading my Bible or talking to him, really, right. because <laughs> that really hurt. Yeah. And, and God, I know you're sovereign and very powerful, and you, you could have done something. But you didn't, and I can't wrap my head around that exactly, but I'm, you know, and I'm just, I'm a little bit mad. At, I'm angry at you right now. Right. And it's like, after a while, I was like, you know what? He, he can take it. Right. I I can yell at him. He can In totally shoulder it. Somewhere. Yes. He can handle it. Well, and, <laughs> it's, and I remember you saying to me as you were walking through it, you would say, Mom, I want to walk through this well. Not meaning perfect. She meant walking through it in a way where God was completely involved in it, you know, because you, in your grief, you know, you, you look for your tribe people to talk to right. about, you know, what you've been through and other moms who have lost children. And so you would, you, you checked out some different Christian groups that uh-huh. had, were, there wasn't and what, much, what she but, found yeah. was actually frightening most of the time. Really? Um, moms who supposedly know the Lord, and we get this, like I understand oh. why I get all of that, but just the uh, the way their life becomes it defined, defined by the death of the child. Now, this, there's a difference between your uh, story being written and there's lots of parts to the story, and that is one part, one very important part yes. of the story. But it's not the only story being told here. Right, exactly. And you want to heal well. You want to walk through it well. And, um, yeah, just... And just remember, that was your desire. And you're like, Mom, I don't know where to go to find the counsel and the... And the, it's a hard thing because it was such a curveball. I didn't see this coming in my life. This right. is not something I would have chosen. Right. And now I'm having to walk it out, walk it out well. And I also don't want it to define me. Like they talk about, you know, sometimes when people go through a loss or cancer or... It's huge, mm-hmm. but it does... It, it can be tempting. That could define you and just be your whole life is right. that you survived. You survived this. You survived that. I didn't want that. I wanted to keep moving forward. I wanted more parts to this story. And I didn't I didn't want when people saw me to just have that be right. my definition. Right. Every single time. Oh, that's Brittany, the one who lost her baby. Right. All the time. <laughs> I was like, 
I and it's not that that was a horrible thing. It was that um, I wanted there to be more to the story than that. Right. I didn't want to just end there. And you didn't want. You, you kind of were looking at what you were seeing, what it shouldn't look like. I didn't want that like to you become had a really my strong, full identity. Right. But you had this strong feeling when you were hearing some of these conversations yes. that, that that's not what this is supposed to look like. Not that right. not that people can't vent or I don't want to send the wrong idea that people can't grieve and say the things they no, need to say. No, you should be real about it. But, but you at what stay point, there. yeah, do you? You shouldn't stay there. And it's not even a, I, I guess you can call it a moving on, but it's a... It's a moving forward with right. your story. I with really the liked pain. that phrase moving forward because every time I said move on or I heard move on, I was like, nope, nope, that just doesn't even feel right mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. when I say it because you don't move on. Right. You always have right. that. You do. You always have that spot in your heart that's a very tender, mm-hmm. raw place, but you do move forward. Right. But the, some of the difficulties when you talk about that raw place and that how do you walk this out without it being something that defines you, here is one example of where that was difficult is when people say, oh, is this your first baby when you were pregnant with Nate? Yeah. So what do you say? <laughs> do you say yes? Do you say no? Mm-hmm. Do you say yeah. I lost one? Do you not go there? And it's such a simple question that I, you were like, and it, and it causes all oh this goodness. like all these emotions to come up. And of, you're just you're out grocery shopping. You're getting gas, and it can happen anytime. Right. And really, my husband gets the credit for that because at first I was like, there were some days where I was like, yeah, or I just I just didn't <laughs> want to go there. And my husband was like, what are you doing? I was like, you're like, he's like. I was like, I know, I don't like saying it, but I also just, it's such a simple question that I don't want to, I don't want to jump into a huge story, and, and every time they look so sad, and I can't handle that. Right, right. I'm she was tired right of making now. people sad. I was, I was like, and, and then it makes me sad that they're sad hearing about my son, who well, I love. Right, and, and what happens is you end up being so concerned about other people's feelings. Which is my personality. <laughs> I will say, I'm really guilty of that. Maybe that's not ever, but I was just like, oh, no, 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 don't feel bad. It's actually a great story, but you're like, you're grocery shopping. You don't want to just jump into right. this right I just, now. I just came here for bread, you know. Yeah, I don't want pregnancy cravings. I wouldn't want to jump into this whole saga anyway with this random stranger. <laughs> so just, but, I just had to share that yeah. because I want you guys to understand that it's it's more than just the big things. It's all these little the struggle things. struggle is real. That, the struggles that but happen along the way. my husband gets a huge amount of credit because he did it. The hard thing. Every time. He was like, no, this is not our first child. Our first son passed away. He just did it. He and just he said just, it like it was He fat. kind of just... When, and he always, we just, we were like, we need to just try to convey the joy that we felt in finally getting to meet Isaac when right. we tell people this. Right. Because, like, people just being sad, and yeah, that makes sense that you lost someone you cared about. But, like, please don't be sad because he's my son and I love him. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you don't want all <laughs> negative feelings and sad feelings associated with your child. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. I hope yeah. you guys heard that. And I, I appreciated that, that he would do that. And now I just, I do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. I just jumped on with him. I like what I you said one time. You said I've got one in the Target. Yeah. 
That right? was from uh, Levi Lus- Lesko. Lesko. Oh my goodness! Okay, he's, you guys. He's the one who first quoted that, and it was it was brilliant. Just you know, the book is one called the "Through the Eyes of a Lion." I will put the link in, you guys. It is. Amazing. I read that a few years after, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that was that was amazing. That, that was he just... articulated so much of what God did in our hearts. Yeah, walking through this, the courage that he describes. And the choices that you mm-hmm. have to make and that you can make in spite of it, it's amazing. It was great. It just yeah. felt like, yeah. Somebody finally like, anyway, put words again, to a lot of things. It was things. called, what was it? Through the Eyes of a Lion. By Levi. Levi Lusco. Yes. L-U-S-K-O. Again, yeah. I'll put a link in here. But yeah, anyway, so those are just some of the some of the things um, yeah. that, that was kind of what it was like the first, really for like the first... Um, Eight months or something, right? Really, up right. to like six months. So we want to go. We want to yeah. stop though at twenty weeks because yeah. we uh, tell us. Yeah. So what I, happened at twenty weeks? Okay. So I was like halfway done, and um, we we're getting to that. We were excited. We we're gonna find out if we we're having a girl or a boy. And there was there's a lot of emotions for me because every time I'm pregnant with a boy now, I there's a little bit more tension. There just is. Um, when I had my daughter, I didn't feel this as much because I, again, I hadn't lost a daughter. I had lost a son. And also, you know, we were pregnant. When we were pregnant with Nate, it was like, okay, we didn't, you know, we didn't know at this point if he was a boy or a girl. And I'm like, okay, God, it's the same time of year. It's the same due date. If it's the same gender, Okay, I'll, I'll do it, but that's gonna make this hard. Just F what? Just F what? Just throwing it out there, God. Just, <laughs> you know, just gonna say it. Um, so we did, but we were excited and everyone was waiting with bated breath, which was a huge blessing. Again, our families were just right there with us and they're like, we can't wait to find out. They were just as excited mm. as Isaac and it was great. It was like, um, so we go and we, and the, um, we have the, we do this thing where we have the technician write it down, put it in an envelope, and then we go somewhere special because we don't want to be in a hospital right. setting when we find out the gender. I don't know. To me, that's not very personal, and I don't love hospitals. No, <laughs> that's think a whole other story. Hospital. We'll talk anyway, about that later. <laughs> um, but so we went up to uh, Cap Santa, our favorite spot. We got coffee. We drove up there, and we're like, okay, who's going to open? I was like... Jacob, you open it. I just, I can't. You do it. I'm too tense. And so he did. He's like, it's a boy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. I'm but don't super, forget to exhale. <laughs> right. Let it out. I was like, I'm super excited. Super excited because we can use all our little boy yeah, things. All and the I know same that would season. be healing. It was like, God, to me, it was like, here's all the cool stuff about having a boy. And I was like, this is going to be interesting. This is, and, but... So we thought everything was fine. We thought we just left it at that. But um, a few days later, the phone rang, and I picked it up, and I'm like, hello. And they were like, hey, we um, we actually want to schedule you for another ultrasound. The doctor is just double-checking, but she saw some white spots on his heart, and she wanted to make sure that everything was okay. And I was just sort of like, okay, 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 just blindly picked a day and time to schedule it and just like hung up and I had I like broke down crying Mm. and I called my husband and I think my husband was there and I was just like I was not prepared for this this is this is a lot and basically we were told too that she um basically that she suspected 
I don't know, not that there was anything wrong, but she wanted to make sure that there wasn't, it was either Down syndrome, which I was totally like, I don't care. Right. Or a trisonomy, which... Which would mean another uh, loss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was huge. I was like, so and So there was an entire week there of waiting. And it was a whole week of just this huge spiritual battle, waiting, because we we had scheduled a week out, and... Mm -hmm. That was the longest week of my life. I hear you. I you called us. You told us. I right think I away. called you almost every day. Where I'm just I like, went, oh, I went spiraling so into grandma PTSD, <laughs> which basically, yeah. what for me, I have learned is just I shut down. Like I don't feel anything. Right. I can't you just, think. You can't function. I, I, it's the weirdest thing. It was and just really so that whole week hard. again was a spiritual battle for all of us. It was. And we just kept praying and praying and praying and. You know, we ha- you have to continually let go and continually release. Right. And I'm going in my head. I'm like, okay. I did tell I did tell our doctor, please don't send me anywhere where they would even suggest terminating the pregnancy. Right. I cannot handle that. My goodness. <laughs> and uh, and she was very smart. She sent us to a Catholic hospital, oh. and I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. Yes. We drove an thank hour to God get there. For Catholic hospitals. Oh my goodness, though, waiting oh. and waiting, and you know, we get in there, and it was kind of amazing. It was a 3D ultrasound, which I had never had before, and I was just like, oh my goodness, you can see so much, and but also my heart's just pounding the I whole time that they kept picking it yes. up, and they're like, we, I'm trying to find his heartbeat, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, so, I just. You're like, stop talking. Don't even care. So they did it, and we were waiting. We were waiting in the waiting room for like 30 minutes or something. It was, it ended up being longer. I do remember texting you or talking to you, and you had a real sense of peace. We did. It was weird. It was like the battle had been won in your spirits during the week, and when you actually got there and Mm -hmm. you were waiting, you were at peace, and tell them what you said. Yeah, so we're sitting in the waiting room, and they come in, and they were like, checks out he's totally fine and by the way he is a very photogenic kid <laughs> thanks we're just like, it's like okay okay I'm gonna go puke now okay <laughs> and, you know we yeah and we were just like he was totally okay you know those little spots had closed up he was fine and it was just like oh my goodness but it was one of those things where like wow god that was a roller coaster ride and i'm not even sure to this day why he saw fit to do that it, but, it was the weirdest thing okay all right lord i don't know what you're doing here but we're just going to trust. and Doing so we, that when you feel fragile just feels like jumping off a ledge it, It's sometimes. like free-falling. It really is. Yeah. And so, and you feel like you might have a parachute, but you might not. <laughs> yeah. You're not sure <laughs> when you jump out. You're not even sure. Okay. So let's move ahead to the yeah. birth. Now, okay. because yeah. of the previous situation, I you had a little PTSD with, yeah. with going too far past the due date because yes. you're a little overdue. I was like, I kind of just felt like I couldn't with, mentally handle going past because going you were, overdue. She was a little all. overdue with Isaac. And so in her mind, you know, your mind does weird things when you've had an experience like this. She felt yeah. like she just could not mentally or emotionally go past a certain point. So yeah. they scheduled an induction. Yes, they did. They scheduled an induction for his due date, September 25th. And um, it was great because leading all up to this too, I... Um, I had a friend who had walked through this six months before I Right, we Isaac. mentioned her in the first I podcast. I was constantly in contact with her throughout mm-hmm. the year, and she constantly Margie. checked in. Mm-hmm. So did um, so did my good friend Brandy, and just and you guys, and Jacob's family, and again, my sister-in-law. Just I had people checking in constantly, and it was a huge blessing. And then, yeah, and then Margie, my friend, she would just 
checked back and I was like, oh, this is so hard as the due date gets closer. And, and she has since had another baby yes. since her She had loss. had her rainbow baby about five months, six months before that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, same situation where was, she was born around the same time and all that, that she lost her first baby. But she was just like, yeah, you just basically kind of encouraged me to keep preparing for this baby. Mm-hmm. Set up the nursery, wash Don't the clothes. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop investing. Yeah, and I just really felt this need in my heart from God just expect good things. Mm. And all the time we were hanging up, we're hanging things up, we're putting the bedding on, we're putting away the little clothes, washing and rewashing and just going expect good things, you know, and right, just right. basically what does it say? Preparing the fields right for rain. Right. 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 <laughs> so yeah. So you got in there and uh mm-hmm. you were induced and he wasn't yeah. quite in the right place and that ended yeah. up causing a problem. Yeah, His labor head was started kind of off to the side a little bit yeah. and over the cervix. Yeah, he just wasn't quite ready yet and but you know, I didn't realize it at the time. It was just all about getting him here safely and we were kind of waiting for labor to start, and it took a while, and like a day or so, and we we're you know trying some things. We were trying to get him to move a little bit, and he just and it wasn't quite moving, and um, and I wasn't, I was just so concerned about him, and I had gone in for lots of like uh, stress monitoring tests. stress yeah. tests where they just listen to his heartbeat for an hour, make sure he's good. That the whole time I'm just listening to his heartbeat. And I wasn't being super active about, you know, figuring out how to get him in the right position. But labor was picking up, and um, and there was just a lot, and it was hard. Labor just was a lot of flashbacks, and again, it was the whole PTSD. There was just... Plus, it was excruciatingly painful because of where he was positioned. Yeah. I heard yeah. since then that uh, in the position that he was in, uh, the labor pains, the contractions are the most painful about that you can have in labor so you were in a ton of pain on top of it all yeah and the ptsd it was just it was hard it was a hard labor and and it was hard because it wasn't what i was expecting i was hoping it would go smoothly and he would come healthy and i was trying to keep my head in the right place and it just i just wasn't really able to a whole lot and um anyway uh, and then just about halfway through labor, he just was, he was really stuck. <laughs> that poor guy. And I was just in a lot of pain. And and, and then his, his heart rate kept dropping a little bit. Uh-huh. And so, of course, with what had happened in the past, it was easy for the doctors to overreact. And right. it was easy and for you to feel And anytime there was anything with the heartbeat, it was just, it was so it was too hard. Much. It, was, it was, yeah. And it was just, it was just a really hard birth. It was... It was a hard birth. So what ended up happening? What ended up happening was that um, because his heart rate kind of kept dropping and was a little off and stuff, um, we went ahead and went for We had decided to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. We just felt like at that point it had been over a day. It had been a lot of pain, and he was just not coming down. Right. And um, and I was just I was exhausted, and there were so many things happening in right. my mind. It was just a lot going on all at once. And since then, you've learned a lot about labor. Right. And we will talk about that exactly. in the third podcast. Um, but it just was what it was. I mean, it, it really it just was. was. It was just again, you're you're surviving. You're just you're just 
you're trying to get through. And it was great. We had wonderful support, people waiting, people not pushing us for details and giving us space when we needed it. We had a wonderful doula. And it and was I just... was pacing in the <laughs> waiting room, literally pacing. I finally got it. Why in all those old movies? The dads, you know, that weren't uh, allowed in the room back uh, in the day, right, you know, would pace. pace. Yeah. I could not sit yeah. still, and I thought, I'm just going to pace. Yeah. And and I just remember <laughs> going, oh, my goodness. I just, I, I, what is wrong? I can't seem to do this or get this right. or And I was It's like, just so much all at once. I just, but we did. We felt this piece with, you know what, let's let's just do it. We right. just, I felt something inside of me that was like, you just need to call it. You just need to call it and... Have them get things started and just do the C-section. And I was like, okay. So, so he arrived safe and sound. He did. And it was, I would just remember laying on the table just listening. Just I wanted to hear him cry so much. I just thought I didn't feel a thing the whole, like, other than the anesthesia and stuff. Right. But yeah, um, spinal. Yeah, but laying on the table and just listening with bated breath with my entire body just to hear that baby's cry. Mm-hmm. And then when I did, I just person is tears. Oh, I can only imagine. And, uh, and they gave him to me right away because that was their policy was mom gets baby right away, mm-hmm. operation or not. And it was, that was beautiful. Mm. They laid him on me. And I just remember looking at his big blue eyes and he, and he stopped crying. He just was mm. happy and he reached out and put touched his hand his, on my face. Oh my gosh. He touched my face and he was just like looking at me like, oh, hi. I can't and I was just imagine. like completely just in tears and in love with him and just this huge sigh of relief. Mm. And and then, you know, Jacob and then he went, Jacob went with the baby and then they stitched me up. Um, so uh, at that point, yeah. Jacob brought the baby out in the little <laughs> thing. And I had a moment that I did not expect. Uh, he came out and I turned around and I looked at Nate and Nate looked directly at me and he mm-hmm. literally stared at me. Like, I'm here, I'm here. I could have sworn he was talking to me. It was the most amazing moment. I even got a picture of it. I'll just never forget it. Still Um, my favorite picture of him to this day. (laughs) I just So we were just, you know, loving on him and adoring him. Mm -hmm. And he was getting weighed and measured. And uh, Jacob and I had him and we were holding him and all of that waiting for you. And then the doctors came in and Mm -hmm. had a very concerned look on their faces. And I just was thinking, oh, my gosh, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And no. they came okay. in and basically yeah. said uh, that Brittany had had a grand mal seizure in the recovery room. And I, my knees buckled. <laughs> I didn't fall, but my knees buckled, and I just could not. I could. I was like, God, why? Why does this have to be so hard? I don't, mm-hmm. you know, just mainly was concerned why did she have it? Blah, blah, blah. Which eventually yeah. we found out there's nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. They did a scan. They yeah, did everything. Yeah, it was very weird because it was almost like I just remember he was born. I heard his cry. I had that moment with him. Then they um, took him into the nursery and wheeled and finished stitching me up. And that's kind of all I remember. It because. was just sort of blank from there. And I don't even remember the recovery room. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had this... Oh, sigh of relief. I kind of let down. Okay, he's okay. We're good. And it was just sort of blank. It's it's like your body just went, I'm finally going to come down from all of this. Yeah, and I was, you know, discussing it later on, and they just felt like all the professionals involved were basically like, I we think this is just a, just a PTSD thing. This was a, you know, it was a hard labor. 
Um, I found All out later too. Came back normal. Yeah, I found. Yeah, I found out later that I also my just it was just it was a really hard labor. There was just things that about it that. Where it had been any number of things or yeah. all of them and, could have and contributed like, yeah, to it. Yeah, there's just they didn't really they couldn't put their finger on it. They weren't really but sure. They but weren't they weren't concerned. Just, yeah. So and that was the main thing. I, I discussed it later on, and they were like, "Ah, oh, they think this is just a this is very much a trauma related thing, probably and probably just a one time deal." Yeah, and, but but you, you know, still had to go to ICU. So that yes, night, which okay. I will say was that was almost harder because I. I had to spend the whole night kind of away from... They wouldn't allow the baby to stay in ICU. So Jacob stayed with the baby. I went with you to Uh ICU, and you were a a little loopy because they gave you a lot of, I think it was magnesium or something. Yeah, intravenously. Just to make sure she didn't have another seizure, which she didn't. No. Um, So I'm in there, and as the mom, here I am. I just remember being... Really happy that he was there safe, but also completely, completely exhausted. Oh, yeah. You were totally exhausted. And so we were we were chit-chatting. I would just talk with you about him, and I'd show you pictures on my phone and some of the funny yeah, things that happened. Which, and just try to keep your mind on that. But what in the times when she was resting, I was so mad at God. I can't even tell you. I was so mad. I was at him. still not even. I hadn't even processed it. Yeah, but, but you were kind of drugged up a little yeah. bit, so you didn't really couldn't really process. But I'm fully aware of everything that's going on, and I'm <laughs> leaning over the side of her bed, and she's resting, and I'm just like, "All right, Lord, we're having it out," because I am really angry right now. <laughs> I'm really, really angry. This girl has waited how long to hold her live baby, and you're going to make her wait even longer. <laughs> So you, you know, I was just, oh my gosh, I was livid. It was mama bear, but you know, here I am going after the creator of the universe. How smart is that? You know, but you know, God and his patience and his love and his kindness and understanding that I'm dust <laughs> had mercy on me and didn't strike me dead. He just basically, I, when I stopped throwing my temper tantrum, he let me throw it. When I stopped throwing my temper tantrum, I just heard him say, did I keep Brittany through this? And I said, Yes. I mean, and he meant, and that wasn't just through the birth, but that was through all of the things that went on with Isaac. He was saying to me in this big picture, have I kept her? And I had to say, absolutely, yes, you've done a beautiful job of keeping her. And then he said, did I keep Nate? Because Nate's here safe and Mm -hmm. sound. And I said, you kept him. Yes, you did. And all of a sudden, my heart just was at peace. It's like I got Mm -hmm. a little spanking. And I I was calm again. You know, like, yes, Lord, you are right. You have Mm -hmm. kept us. You have taken care of us. Mm -hmm. That was the end of it. I never questioned it again. It was that was the end of it. But, you know, this is why it's so important for us to just pour our hearts out to the Lord. Because when we do that, he he answers and us. He already knows what's going on he in does. our hearts. We're not hiding anything from him. We're not sparing him of anything. He knows <laughs> exactly. So okay, we need to yeah we'll keep moving forward here. But um, oh, the other interesting thing yeah. is um, you know God provided uh, you know you couldn't nurse him. For I several couldn't, hours. and I I was concerned about that because you know the first several hours are really important with a newborn of getting them used to nursing and. I will say I was just immensely blessed because my sister-in-law had a baby and she stepped up and, and I think, yeah. And yeah, she, she nursed him for yeah. me. And, yeah. um, and I think yeah. my mother-in-law. Yeah. So, so anyway, <laughs> so, okay. Long, my mom. We'll make it short um, here, but there's a little story behind that. Yeah. Um, so Jacob's mom is his adopted mom and she is 
much younger. Right. And so she's, they still have a family. So they still have kids. So she had a baby just a few months before yeah, you. So Nate has an uncle who's a month older than him. Right. And so my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law who are just, they're dear friends of mine, but mm-hmm. they actually stepped up and they nursed they him. Took they, took, nursing him. they took care of him yeah. for me. And that is just such a huge blessing. Like you can't even put into words because, you know, he wasn't, Fed formula, not the formula is terrible, and I'm sure we would have been okay. But it was, it was a blessing to feel like I just had so much support. I had right. these women who were there for me and there for my baby when I couldn't be. Right. Um, just that sense of community and 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 they just they just helped me out in that. It was mm-hmm. just it was a huge. It was gift. just again a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. It really, really was. really was what family is, what the body of Christ is. We are a family. And so, um, but the good thing is you were only actually ended up being in ICU for six hours. And Jacob came a couple t- times uh-huh. with the baby to yes, visit they you. Do so it really in, ended up good. not being that big of a deal. Yeah. So you yeah. went back to your room. He nursed like and a champ. And for someone who'd never had, who'd never been able to ha- bring the baby home or anything, I it was okay. Like, I was like, you know what? He's, he's alive. alive. He's and, breathing. He's and he crying. was nursing it's like great. a champ. Yes. And it was, it was great. great. So, um, so it, you know, people think, well, you feel like this should be so much easier. You like, feel like it should why? be a clean cut, happy ending. Right. And, and, and that's what everybody's not. wanting. And we didn't even share all those details no. with people at the time because... Everyone was praying for a healthy baby. And... He was totally healthy. And he was, and, and I that's was okay. All they and needed to know for then. We needed yeah. time to process the other pieces. I needed time but to process. <laughs> we wanted to share them with you in this podcast yeah. because they are a very, very important part of the picture to understand that just because you've been through something hard doesn't mean the next thing isn't still going to be hard in other ways. It is true. <laughs> and I've talked about this with lots of different people too that you go through something so excruciatingly difficult and you think, okay, I'm done. I've done my time. Right. But that's. Not what it's about. It's really about God is taking, God is walking us on this journey. He's walking with us and he's going to walk with us through these hard things. And there's probably going to be more than one. Right. And that, you know what? He still has a purpose in it. And, and just when we're grounded in the truth of who he is, don't you think that's what it comes back down to? Knowing him and knowing who he is to remind yourself he is good and this isn't pointless suffering. Um, but yeah, it was it was really hard because I hear I had gone through something really excruciatingly difficult a year before. And now this really traumatic, somewhat traumatic birth where it was just physically exhausting. And um, and even though we got to bring our baby home and stuff, it was just, it was hard. It right. was a still a very hard recovery. Well, and fighting with that feeling of just because, I mean, that you're, uh, you know, you're going through hard things, it can feel like you're doing something wrong. Right. Or that you misheard God. And that's right. not true. It's just, a that is the normal, natural way of following God is you you are going to have some suffering. And he's right. told us that well, so many times. And Jesus times. said that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And I don't think that means he's going to like necessarily alleviate the problems. No. He may, I think what he means is he's going to meet us there. He's going to walk with us right. no matter how slowly or quickly we go. He keeps pace with us and mm-hmm. he's there um, for all our pitfalls. 
but it doesn't mean we aren't going to have to walk over these mountains. That's right. And another mountain, possibly, and another, and just... Um, you had mentioned uh, yeah. Revelation 3.21, um, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Is that, did right. you read a different version of that to me? That is essentially, essentially exactly mm-hmm. what I was reading. It was just that, you know what? Christ suffered. He suffered. Mm-hmm. Ultimate suffering. Mm-hmm. I mean... And if you look it up, crucifixion is the ultimate suffering. There's yes. never in the history really been wor- a worse death. Right. And as his followers, we are we are to follow his example. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's told us to follow his example, and that it will look like suffering. There will be suffering involved, but there's a huge reward at the end of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And he's with us through it, mm-hmm. and he's so much bigger than all of that. And it is such a tangible reminder that this is not our home. Never in my life mm-hmm. have I looked forward to going to heaven until we lost Isaac. Yeah. Because that will be the so thing true. on my dying day. I will be like, yeah, I'm leaving this earth, but I finally get to meet my grandson. Uh-huh. You know, and I am looking forward to that. And something about all that, too, just as a mother, makes me go... Yeah, I'm actually not afraid of death as much anymore mm-hmm. as I... Not yeah. nearly as afraid, right. because... I faced it, and God was there. Right. He was there, and, and he, he was, was enough. so present. And that was the thing we talked about a lot, is he enough? Is Are we gonna are we going to say that he is enough? Are we going to believe that he is enough? And, and that's you know what, what it comes he down is. to, is that he is enough. Yeah. His grace is enough. You don't have it beforehand. Mm-hmm. You have it in the moment, and it is enough. And the best way, I mean, if you're sitting here right now, and you really haven't walked through anything close to this and you're worried about the day that you face it how will you prepare for it the best thing you can do is just keep walking with him right now and don't worry because don't worry i will it. say um i worried about losing isaac right. when i was pregnant with him and i look back and that was probably one of the biggest lessons too is that that was such a waste of time mm-hmm. worrying about something that's going to happen whether it happens or not completely wastes our time it does and i could have just been enjoying the nine months I had with him, right. instead of worrying about losing right. him. Which most of the time you did, but even those moments that I think you, you're saying, yeah. you didn't even need to have those short amounts of time worrying right. about him. Right. You didn't need to because when that happened, you can't front load the grace. The grace is just there. Uh-huh. But and that, understanding yeah. and knowing that it's there, this is what I think we really want to get across, is you have to be- know that it's there and be looking for it. Yes. Because if you are... I felt like we had a choice. Mm-hmm. We The grace was there. We could choose not to grab onto it, and we could choose to go down a different road of self-pity bitterness. and bitterness and all of that. But really, his grace was so tangible that mm-hmm. I, we would have been idiots to do that. That's how I felt, even in the yeah. moment. Like, I would be stupid to not grab this That's grace that's saying, sitting right here. I would right have here. to choose bitterness. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, it, you know... In the everyday life things, we just continue to be faithful to learn to trust Him. Mm-hmm. That does feed into those moments when when the grief is deep and when the thing is really, really hard. It's that uh-huh. discipline of going back to knowing who He is yes. and that what matters is not is not us doing everything perfectly, but us trusting. Right, and him. not our circumstances being Exactly, perfect. exactly. So you had, uh, we're going to try to keep... <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're going to go uh, into the struggles just really quickly as a new mom. You had feelings of, of guilt. Oh, man. I was so happy he was there. But my goodness, I like, yeah, it was it was hard because every every new thing that Nate did, I enjoyed. And then it was followed by this, oh, that's what I was missing. Right. Last year. So it was joy, grief, joy, Joy, grief. Constantly. And every night I would have to check on him multiple times. He slept in a little co-sleeper right next to my bed, and I would feel him sleep, him breathing. I would just wake up multiple times a night, even while he was sleeping. When he'd slept through the night, he was a very easy kid, and I'd just have to feel him breathing. Okay, and then I could go back to sleep. I did that six months, till till he was like six months old, Mm -hmm. and... um, yeah, it was just, there's just some things that you do, and sometimes you just have to do them for a while, and eventually God kind of goes, okay, I just want you to stay in bed now. Mm-hmm. You'll be okay. Trust yeah. me. I remember okay. you telling me that. I just had to, I just heard right. the Lord telling me, stay here. Or just check trust on him me once him. tonight right. instead of five times. Right. <laughs> and, but it's a process. And let, you know. trust that I will keep him. Right. Um, and then just, um, yeah, just going gaga on being a mom because it was so much fun, but completely exhausting myself. Right, right. And um, it was just, it just, just it's a different. Lot of different emotions. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> feeling sometimes guilty for being happy. And and, and as, a, as the oldest of eight children, I have been around babies and little children my whole life. And my whole life, I'm like, I will be such a relaxed mom. But now that I'm a lost mom, I've right. lost a child, I'm like, you know the father fish on Nemo? Like, right. I understand him now. Right. <laughs> so I go, I well, was, and you've asked the question a lot. Like, I don't I use, you would say to me, Mom, would I have done that anyway? Yes. Or is this because I lost is Isaac? This, there so, were so many, parenting was new. Grieving while parenting was new. So it was like, is this, is normal? this parenting? Is this just normal worrying as a parent? Or is this something, or is this anxiety? I don't know, but... I didn't even have time to think about it too much. I just had to deal with what was in front of me because this little guy needed me. Right, (laughs) right. And it wasn't a lot longer. I mean, how how old was he when you got pregnant with Ella? Well, we found out the next summer of 2015 before when he was 11 months old that we were expecting Ella. And I will tell you that was a little sooner than I had anticipated. But we were so excited. And I was just like, no, yeah. After losing a child, you were just like, yes, this is such a huge gift. This is great. But I also have a baby at home. Right. So it was just... So in this, yeah. were the struggles same, different during the pregnancy? With, it was the same me? kind of in the beginning. Um, but I also had this baby to love on. And it, it was such a comfort to actually have him there. Mm-hmm. And my and my husband and him. And and it's just, I we had our little family. And again, we had our supporting family. And then, uh, so yeah, getting through the earlier months of my pregnancy with Ella were... We're, they were actually okay. It was pretty good. Um, and then we found out we were having a girl, and I was just so excited. I was like, oh, that's so great. And it really just felt like it kind of changed the it was pregnancy. kind of a new, yeah. the dawn of a new season. Yeah, and she was of. due in the spring. She was different not time due in the year. fall. Right, right. Um, and so it was just so different that I didn't struggle quite as much. And also, I did have... Uh, you know, 14, 15, 18-month-old baby at home who still needed diapers changed and needed me to do everything for him while I was more had morning sickness and right. I was super pregnant. So it was a lot of just practical stuff day in and day out of just, okay, right. we need just, to do this, You could this, focus this, on those and things. Yeah, I had to focus mm-hmm. on being a mom and stuff. And yeah, and it was just... 
it was a little easier with her. I still dealt with some things, but also we decided to schedule a C-section with her Mm -hmm. because I'd had a previous C-section and the hospital I was at would not allow me to have a natural birth after a C-section. But then they, and then they also were thinking if you had the seizure and it was, it was because of such a hard labor and the PTSD, they didn't yeah. want you to go there again, and right. you didn't want to go and there And I thought, again. you know, maybe they have something there that, you know... And I she just... wasn't afraid of C-sections because I've had eight. Yes. That's that a whole other story. That was <laughs> very normal to me. C-sections were pretty normal to me, so I was like, you know what, that's okay. I felt like God was like, here's a gift of a simple, right. easy laid out birth, and you don't have to be working through a bunch of anxiety because you had this little... It was like you he just sort of date. said, here. Right. And I felt very at peace about it. Again, I was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. And we get to pick the due date. Right. How weird is that? And I got to be in the room when the yes. baby came out, so you that was fun. It was great because I had you and Jacob all scrubbed up there, and Ella was born, and <laughs> she just, yeah, she was crying, and she just wanted food right away, and she was just... So sweet and pink and girly sounding. And then, um, yeah, and again, but what was interesting was that, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. She was born who, one of you brought her to the nursery and then one of you stayed with me. I think you stayed with me. No, Jacob stayed with me. Jacob stayed with me. And they took they took her to the nursery. I had to just leave the room. They wouldn't let me stay there for a long time. So I just had to go ahead and leave okay. and wait in the bed. Stitched me up. I went in recovery. I was fine in recovery. They were like, okay, I think you're good. Put me in the postpartum room. Yeah, they even brought you back to the room a little quicker just to make sure you were not stressed. You know, like being in the recovery room worrying about having another seizure. So they're like, let's just bring her back to her room. She's doing great. Yeah, and I had baby with me in the room. And people, uh, I think you guys came. You brought Nate. And he was so excited to meet his sister. Um, And I don't remember a whole lot because um, I actually had another seizure in the postpartum recovery room. Um, in, it was actually in your room where yeah. you were staying. In that's what it is. It's okay. the recovery room after. What do I know? It was just right. No, but it's just yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was where we were staying. Right. And I think were you and you guys. Were I was there? in the room. I was sitting in a chair, and I had Nate on my lap. And fortunately, <sighs> my husband and Jacob were standing. So Dad yeah, and Jacob were standing right, right there between you and me. So I didn't see the seizure, yeah. and Nate didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. as soon as I heard Jacob say she was having a seizure, I jetted out of the room with the bait with Nate, and yeah. I got the nurses, I'm and so glad. and she was totally fine again. You That's know, again, it just, it's just so strange because it's like just this black, like just blank. blank it's space. completely blank, yeah. and. And I remember I was holding Ella, and the next thing I know, I'm. they're like, well, you had another seizure. And it's so hard. Because honestly, the first time when I had a seizure with Nate, I was like, oh, you all are kidding. No, no, that, right. that didn't happen. I would have remembered that. <laughs> no, sure enough. And it was the same thing. It was like, well, are you serious? Mm-hmm. And I was just, I was kind of upset. I was kind of like, okay. This felt like it was really And mom well. went back into PTSD and again. You went back into PTSD <laughs> again. We thought, okay, we just need to... Usually quiet is the best thing afterwards. And Jacob literally stayed up all night with you to make sure that you didn't have another one because somebody needed to watch her. He was sort of the watcher. So we took Nate. We went back to your apartment. And I just remember, yeah, just hung out. And I was was really, I was struggling because I was (laughs) like, oh, I I don't know what this is going to do to Brittany's heart. And Mm -hmm. how is she going to handle this? And what's really going on? And... Um, and the next day, yeah. and again, I felt this, like when we saw you the first time we talked to you, you're like, "Hey, can you guys bring me some coffee?" And I, know, I was like, "Okay, you know she's what? fine." I was like, 
I did. They didn't put me in ICU. I still got my baby the whole first night. This is still better than what still I had better. before. Still an improvement. My baby is healthy and alive and breathing. <laughs> I am. This is a blessing. I am just. We're going to just take yep. it for what it we're is. We're just going to take it for what yeah. it is. Exactly. So, um, and there's, you know, there's uh, later on you found out different things and we can talk about right. that in the next. And since um, then just found out more information and all that. But yeah, we can share that. We'll in share that. that in the next podcast. But mm-hmm. um, I just so appreciate you sharing this part of this story. <laughs> um, but the point of all this whole thing is just that God is faithful, that he meets us in the darkest places, that he brings healing. Um, but it doesn't always look like what we think it should look like. Right, exactly. And to remember that it's he is still good. He's good he all the time. And he has a perfect plan. And I remember praying, Lord, I know you're still good. I know that because your word says that. We know that's true about you. Give me eyes to see how you're good in this mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it came yeah. back to what you said earlier, gratitude. Yeah. But just recognizing the blessings, you know, like yeah. God kept Nate, God kept you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really such a big part of it. It but, is, um, it is. Anyway, so um yeah. did we talk about that little 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 bit about the grief when you had two little ones? Oh, you want to mention that yeah, real quickly? I do because okay. it is just a whole new thing learning how to give yourself space to grieve but also taking care of children. Right. And there's not a whole lot of advice out there for right. that because it's not a common situation. No, and it's something you have to navigate according to w- when you're feeling grief and, and when you're pers- okay. Yeah, and everybody's going to do it How old your kids are. I marriage. had two little ones under two, and and it had been, gosh, this is 2016, so it had been like about less than three years right. since we lost Isaac, so I was still walking through some things. Mm-hmm. And... um it was it was hard because again now I had two little ones and it was double timing, and they were both under two for the first six months. Nate didn't turn two until she was six months old, and at that point I did struggle with balancing out a little bit of giving myself space right. and, and a little bit of self care in a healthy right. way. Right. Of I was just all you know yeah motherhood into it, but I was exhausted and my cup mm-hmm. kept running dry and and then you're feeling guilty because you think because I, I should, should be enjoying should be enjoying kids. this because I've lost one. It's, if anybody should know right. that this is a blessing, I should know yeah, that. So <laughs> talk about mom guilt times yeah. ten. Yeah, exactly. And just but I just eventually figured out that you know what. They can nap for a few more minutes while I work through mm-hmm, some things mm-hmm. or take a few minutes to just take care of myself. But it really took until oh, she was almost two for me to, like, really figure some of that right, out because right. I would just – I would hit this wall and be burned out so much. Right. And that mom <laughs> guilt, like you said, times 100 yeah. just complicates everything. It really does. So, um, yeah, just – so bear that in mind if you're walking through it or if you know someone who's walking through it. Right. Even um, a few years later, yeah. it can really still hit you, but now you're – in the middle right of because a lot of people of. think oh she's got another child or oh she's got two kids she should be totally fine everything's back to normal no everybody go home there's nothing more to see <laughs> but that's not the case at all it's really you know? yeah you just have to learn how to manage it more on your own and it's almost like really it is there is a special place in your heart for every child you every have. child yes and if you've lost them that's especially that's a fragile part of your heart and it kind of stays like that sure it heals and you kind of revisit the grief 
less often, but it hurts just as much. Mm-hmm. The pain is just as much, and it's just as real and raw and deep. Mm-hmm. You just don't visit revisit it quite That's, as often. Got it. Yes. Yes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I, I feel that in a much lesser way, though, but as a grandma, I have the same thing happen. Yeah. You know? yeah. Being able to visit his his graveside uh, when Dad and I went to um, back to Washington in mm-hmm. August. Um I was bound and determined. Like, we were supposed to be at dinner at somebody's house, and I'm like, we are stopping. I don't care if we're late. We're stopping. And so we stopped, and, and we just I just took the, the moments, you know, just standing there. And I just cannot believe I just wept all over again and but it was yeah. it was good it was healing it was and I've it wasn't a I, bad thing yeah you have to let yourself it's like do a release yeah you know you and you don't even know that you need it you no, know and but standing yeah. there and just thinking it all through and just missing him and and like being okay with missing him like being thankful that he was part of our family like mm-hmm. I never ever ever at any point in time didn't wish that We'd never had exactly Isaac. no. You know, it was very much a part of our family and our story, and it's been amazing just learning how to have him integrated as our part of our family, and we grieve him, but we love him. We know we'll see him one day, um, but also just we move forward with him integrated with him. into our family. So again, Absolutely. we don't move on; we move forward with him, with yeah. him in our hearts, with him in our and we're constantly part of our finding ways to. Keep him in to remember in family. Him. Every time my family, every time we moved into a new house, the first thing that's set up is some little extra spot for Isaac, usually in kind of a living room area where we have his pictures and a poem that Jacob's mom wrote that is just beautiful and still makes me cry to this day. And um, little mementos of him, this little... And every now and then just, we add a little something we to do. it. We do, and usually on his birthday yep. we'll add a little something to our little setup, and it just kind of looks like something out of Hobby Lobby. And we, we set up. You talk yeah. about it with your kids. We do. We, so that they know who yeah, Isaac is. They do, and they're uh, five and three now, three and a half. So they're sort of getting to the point where they kind of understand it. Right. Um, up until then, we've we've always told them, and we've always told our we've always told Nate, you know, we that he has a big brother, mm-hmm. but we also refer to him as baby Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not taking away from him being the oldest kind right. of, but that's, that's but really wise. because it's baby Isaac. And so, but he is his big brother. Right. So, and he kind of understands. Yeah. It's amazing what kids can just, they can just by faith or whatever, just accept that this is the way it is. Yeah. You know, it's because this is what they've faith. grown up into. Yeah. And yeah. I want I that to that. just be a normal part I of them. We're going to go ahead and pray, you guys. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for Isaac. We thank you for the beautiful mm-hmm. story um, of his life, Lord, and for the for the place that he has and will always have in our family. Uh, we thank you for the opportunity to share the story with so many uh, other people. We pray that it would be a blessing and that uh, every person who's listening would hear and feel and see the redemption, Lord, of of who you are in the midst of grief, who you are in the midst of loss, and to remember and to be very, very um, aware that you are enough, Lord. We thank you for being enough for us and for our family as we've walked this out. And we just praise you and thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.